0: Boom, people, welcome back to the Investment Fund Secret. So today, I'm gonna walk you through my framework for launching a private equity fund. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around, and now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is gonna give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Hey, welcome back to Investment Fund Secrets. So today we're going to talk about, first off, can you actually start a private equity fund? And if so, what is the framework to do it? So today I'm going to walk you through my framework for launching specifically a private equity fund, but funds in general, and a little bit of background. I've told you guys before, my dad currently runs a $20.1 billion Dollar billion with a B billion billion uh, like Trump billion dollar fund. My brother, uh, chief compliance officer at a 250 million dollar fund. And I've started a fund two years ago that I run right now. So our, I mean, I'm in the fund space, right? We we talk. We have tons of students, tons of people that are running funds, starting funds, and I get this question asked a lot, right? How do I actually launch and start a fund? So I've developed a framework that I've you know ran through a lot of different models, and I feel like it's it's pretty good of how to actually launch a fund. I recently actually was just on Google. I I Googled how to start a private equity fund. I want to see what popped up and a few different things comes up. So I I click on Investopedia. I actually like Investopedia. A lot of great stuff, but this article is a little bit weak. Um, It's essentially just said, uh, write up a business plan, uh, find some money and then hire a bunch of lawyers and you're good to go. That's like literally what it said. Like it didn't go into details about your business plan. Like what do you got to have in there? What types of investors? What types of lawyers? I mean, it was just very bland, very to the point. You could tell the just the blog article writer on there obviously hasn't really tried to launch a fund before, right? Same with um, I read the Motley Fool. I've used this quote before, but and here a lot of these these people online tell they love to tell you how hard it is to start a fund when. They've actually never even tried to do it. So the Motley Fool, he says, this whoever this little blog writer is, he goes, the startup costs are too high. The regulation too complex. The reality of raising the millions of dollars you'll need is just way too difficult. Impossible? No, but highly, highly unlikely. In my view, the easiest way to play private equities for everyday investors is to model your investing on someone like Warren Buffett. Don't speculate. Don't trade that's what he tells you to do. That's his, that's his big revelation on his article of how to start a private equity fund. So thank you, Motley Fool. So I just want to take blog article writers that sit in some office and write up content all day. I just want to squeeze them by the neck and just say like, man, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Um, yes, I do agree though. Starting a fund is not an easy thing. A previous episode I talked about, like it's, it's not easy. Right. Um, so I, I, before we dive into my framework of, of how I've launched my fund, how my dad launched his fund and other funds I've seen launch, um, like people love to tell you how impossible it is to start a fund because they think in their mind like, oh, you're gonna try to compete against Blackstone or Apollo or KKR. Like, good luck. And it's like, no. Like, if we were gonna start a, a tech company together, we're not gonna go directly compete against Apple and Facebook and Amazon. Like, obviously not. I'm not gonna go try to build a new Amazon. Amazon's already crushing it, right? I'm gonna come out with a a new software called Speechify, right? I met the I met the CEO of Speechify a few weeks ago, right? Awesome software, it scans documents and you can, it's like PDFs that will read people that have dyslexia, right? Really cool product, right? Really needed space. There are hundreds of tech companies that get started and launch and do very successful every year. But people go, oh no, you can never start a tech company, right? You're, you can't compete against Apple. It's like, I'm not competing against Apple, right? That's how we are. We're not competing against KKR. I'm not competing against Blackstone, okay? We are gonna go in and find our niche in the in the book Innovators Dilemma, fantastic book by, by Clayton Christensen, and he just passed away a few weeks ago. So um, thoughts and prayers to his family. But in this book, he talks about there are category kings that are like these big elephants, right? You have Amazon or KKR or Apollo, and they're hard to move and change because there's so many checks and balances and different managers and management structures. And we entrepreneurs are like mice that can run around their feet and find lots of deals and niches that they would miss because they can't see them just because they're too big. For example, so my dad runs a $20 billion fund, right? They have to deploy capital, right? Their, Their job is to take investor money and deploy it and invest it. If they're sitting on capital, things aren't going well. So they have minimums for their deals. Um, for example, they won't do a deal. Now don't quote me on this, but for example, right, this is an example. They can't do a deal under $25 million in one of their funds because it just economies of scale. Like we can't play in this realm of doing deals less than $25 million in their multifamily fund. They can't do deals less than 200 units, 200 doors. Guess what that gives us? Us entrepreneurs have, there's a market there. These funds are too big. They have to deploy too much capital. So there's a space for deals that are $12 million size deals and 150 unit buildings. These big funds, like my dad's fund, they won't touch them even if it's a good deal because they have minimum requirements to deploy capital. They can't chase a bunch of small deals. So that leaves room for us entrepreneurs to move in to a space. Now I have other episodes that talk about finding your niche, um, like red ocean, blue ocean analytics. I'm not gonna dive in today, but I wanna just break down that false belief if it's not impossible to start a fund. Hundreds of funds are started every year that do very well that find these niches that these big elephants, Blackstone, Apollo, KKR, can't get into okay so now I want to right now transition to what is my framework so what I've tried to do is take a really complex subject of starting a private equity fund and put it into a few simple steps to do this so I put this into four steps and I'm going to expand on each one uh, right now so when I'm talking to people about how to start a fund most I would say 95% of fund managers tell me Bridger if you're going to start a fund, if you're not from Wall Street, if you didn't go to Harvard, you got to find, even if you did go to Harvard actually, you got to find an incredible deal first. Before you do anything else, go shop deals, go shop the market. I don't care if you're going to do a funder or a syndicate, finding good deals is the first step that I've been told by, and I would agree, by 95% of fund managers, go find incredible deals. If you want to get in the private equity space, go find companies that you want to buy. For example, I met a guy a few weeks ago, he his whole strategy. He's gonna buy uh, funeral homes. He says I can buy funeral homes at way cheaper mom and pop funeral homes. I'm gonna buy them up, and if I group them together, I can sell them in the market. And I'm seeing deals being traded on the markets for twice as much as what I can buy them, just face value from mom and pop shops. She's like I'm going around the country and I'm f- literally le- sending letters, flying around the country to mom and pop shops, offering them cash. And I, he's like I don't have the money yet. I'm just offering to see if the deal's available, right? Finding the deal. Okay, so seriously, step one: find the deal. Number two is wireframe out how everyone is gonna make money, right? What's your? I've talked about some previous episodes. What's your waterfalls look like? What's your capital stack on this? Run your Excel simple. I mean, when people say I'm gonna run my Excel model, like sometimes they're super simple models, right? It's like literally like you know, eight calculations that just walk through how everyone's going to make money, right? And every, every model is perfect, right? On the whiteboard. And then you got to take it to real life, but make sure it's a perfect model, right? So find the great deal. Step number two, wireframe it out. Don't go through the complexities, but just wireframe it, build the, the, you know, the frame of the house. Don't build the whole house, but just the frame and then go step three, pitch investors. So step one, find the deal. Step two, simple wireframe, put your deck together, get it just ready to go. Step three, then go pitch investors. A lot of people here want to say, and like the, the examples online, Investopedia tells you, okay, now go get expensive lawyers and set up your fund. No, don't do that. Go find the money first. And the SEC actually, in, if you're filing under a 506B or C, you can actually raise money and have money committed to you. And then you have a time period. I believe it's 30 to 60 days to, to file and register with the SEC you can actually raise money first and then do your filings. And guess what? Once you raise money, it's going to incentivize you to get your filings done a lot faster than doing your legal first. A lot of people switch this up. So I would say, go pitch investors first and test your market. Go pitch 10, 20, 30 investors. See what they say. If investors are jumping all over this, oh my gosh, I love this. You're like, man, I got a great, this is great validation. Yeah. Let's go hire some lawyers. If you don't have a single investor willing to put money in, well, maybe it's not good enough deal and ask them, right? Is it the deal? Is it me? Right. Is it the wireframe? Is it, what do you like, what do you want to see from us? Right. And see where your investors are at. See how much, how much bite you get before this is before you do all the legal. So review step number one, find incredible deals. And if you don't know how to find deals, partner with somebody who's already finding deals and say, Hey, let's scale this through a fund. Okay. And I've talked about the three circles before of you have your expert investor, your fund manager circle, and then your, Money raiser circle. You're seeing all three of them right here, right? Finding deals as your investor expert, wireframing as you as the fund manager, and investors would be the investor circle. Maybe you do all three of these. Maybe you have one partner that finds the deals. You do the fund management, and you know investor that or a person that's a investor kind of relations person. However, you want to partner. This these are the steps you need to to figure out. And people, funds are a buzzword, right? If you say funds, they're People get attracted to you. So anyways, step one, deals, two, wireframe, three, pitch investors, and then four, do the legal work, okay? Hire, find lawyers. And now this is where I see a split of a lot of different funds and how people launch funds. I've talked about some previous episodes, but a great way to launch a fund is to actually do a few syndicate deals first. So if you're doing private equity specifically, go buy a business first, figure out your asset class, right? If you're doing funeral homes, right? Go buy, just get a syndicate deal together, get a simple LLC together, right? Your legal costs are way, way more simple, simple LLC together. Investors put money in, you retain 15% for setting up the deal. 85% is available for investors pro rata, how much money they put in. They put money in and you go buy that, those one or two funeral homes and sell them on the public markets, right? See if you can, if you can simplify your investment strategy, so you don't have to do a huge fund first, it'll give you a tracker. And guess what you do? You restart this whole cycle. So you do deals, wireframe investors legal, and then you buy the deal and you do the deal. And then once it's done, you restart, you find another d- good deal. You wireframe it out. You do investors, you rehire the lawyers and you do it again. This is the, the cycle of the syndicate. Once you've done a few syndicate deals this is how my first fund was done. I did a syndicate deal. My first fund, it went really well. And we said, okay, let's now scale this in a fund. So you do the same thing. I found another great deal. We found, actually we've already done a few of these deals, right? We wireframed out the fund this time. We found investors for the fund and then we did legal for the fund. And then once we launched the fund, we didn't have to keep doing this cycle. We could just do deal, 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 deal with the same legal structure, with the same investors, with that same frame. So, and I wish I had a whiteboard. You guys are listening on a podcast, but I wish I had a whiteboard for me. I can walk you through this of the circle of syndicates, same process. Then once you've kind of perfected that circle, then you can scale it into a fund and launching with your, just your legal documents would be a little more expensive. You're going to write an LPA limited partnership agreement and PPM private placement memorandum. You have those two documents, the Bible, and that will enable you to do not just one deal at a time, but you know, five, 10, 20, 30 deals at a time. And pull them all together into a pool of a fund. Okay. So hopefully that, that helps quick review, right? Step number one, find incredible deals or find someone who's already doing deals. There are so many broke geniuses out there, not broke, but relatively broke that are just playing small, small time money, right? They're playing with a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe a million dollars, right? And they just do these little deals and they're doing okay, right? You say, Hey, do you want to just scale this through a fund? Then you wireframe it out. Wireframe how everyone's going to make money. Waterfall structure. How, if you need to get bank financing, and then go find your investors. Pitch your investors first, and then fourth, then and only then do your legal. Do not do your legals before your investor. But wait, Bridger, what if my investors want to see legal documents? You say, hey, you're pitching your investor. They go, hey, do you guys have your your actual LPA done? You go, well, it's not. It's in the works right now. We're actually getting it done. This is what it's going to say. Uh, we're, you know, it's going to be done in a few weeks can I get a soft commitment from you for, you know, X amount of dollars. And then in three, four weeks when it's done, we'll come back, we'll review everything. If anything's changed, we'll let you know, but it should be exactly the same of what I'm telling you right now. And your, your team, you know, your lawyers can look over it, just double check everything. But can I put you down for a soft commitment of, you know, $500,000 they go, great. Get a soft commitment from them and then move on to your legal and come back and, and just, you know, ink the, ink the documents and you're good to go right? Get soft commitments because I've seen way too many funds who get hung up on the legal, the cost of the legal and Bridger, what's the cost of legal? An average LPM PPM is going to cost you 30 to 50 grand to get set up. Now I did a lot cheaper. I, my method was I found existing just templates. I edited the templates as much as I could. I took them to a lawyer and I said, Hey, can you just proofread these and make sure they're ready to go? And they did it for a lot less than that. They did, you know, around $5,000 what I paid for my legal documents for my first set. Now a syndicate deal, a little bit different. If you don't know what the difference between a fund and a syndicate is, I've actually a previous episode on it, but, um, syndicate deals, you set up a simple LLC, and operating agreement. A lawyer can do that for you for less than maybe a, a thousand bucks, depending on how complex it is, maybe a little bit more, but not that crazy. Right. That's why I recommend doing syndicates a lot earlier, but I would avoid all of that. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people like us get hung up on the legal part first And then they, well, it takes too long. The lawyer's got to get back to me. We've got to decide on something. And it's like, and then your legal documents are done. You have $30,000 documents in your hands and you can't raise money, right? Go raise money first, get the soft commitments first. And if people don't like it, then tweak it, right? Hey, what do you don't like? Oh, I don't like the deal. Okay. What don't you like about the deal? Well, I want to see this. You go, oh, well, I can find that for you. Or, hey, I don't like the wireframe. I don't like how everyone's getting paid out. I want to get paid differently. Okay, let's change it, right? It's not set in stone yet. And you can adjust things in your legal documents, okay? And so this sounds like a simple framework. I've tried to simplify this from talking to a lot of people that started funds, helping people start funds, bring this down to a simple framework of step number one, deals, two wireframe, three investors, and four and four that order legal at the end. And then I guess step number five would be actually doing the deal, right? Getting into the deal. Hopefully that helps you guys. Don't tell yourself it's impossible to start a fund. Hundreds of funds are started every year by regular people like you and me. Yes, there's also people that are amazing fund manager, but also regular people like you and me, you guys can do this. Um, Hit me up on Instagram. If you guys have any questions or want to connect, that's usually the place I check the most. Um, So it's Bridger underscore Penny. If you want to reach out, peace. Bye. Hey guys, wasn't that awesome? Hey, if you wanna learn more about funds, how to get going, how to get started, we did something cool. I put together what I call a mini vault and we recorded a ton of training videos and resources to help you launch a fund. In addition to that, I gave you my favorite pitch deck that I used for a fund previously. I also give you a step-by-step guide of how to go through and launch your fund. Additionally, you once you get into our mini vault group, you are put into our private Facebook group. And guess what? I go live in there once a week to answer your questions specifically about the fund. And you can interact with other fund managers from around the country and around the world. So if you're interested, go to www.investmentfundsecrets.com. You can hop in and join the group, join the private members group, get the resources, download the PDFs, and I would love to see you in there. Love you guys. Peace.